This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. What is it about the span of seven years in the Bible? Joseph prophesied seven years of abundance, followed by seven years of famine. The idea that a broken mirror brings seven years of bad luck dates back to the Romans. And I don't want to trivialize, certainly not the Bible, but now City Hall is set to vote on seven years of road closures and the traffic chaos that ensues. The report from the Executive Committee indicates that the largest disruption to traffic would be around the creation of the new Queen Station that would result in complete road closures on Queen Street from Bay to Victoria. Now, while this is being framed as future disruptions, I have to say that as a driver, I'm confused because I run into closures on the main arteries all the time, most recently today. So Queen is closed in various spots. I came down Ossington. It was closed going east. The last time I tried to go to the entertainment district, it was closed. Uh, there are further north-south closures I've, I've had, frankly, and I want to know from our listeners, uh, you know, quite a few instances of you can't get there from here. Impossible to get from point A to point B if you're driving, and of course, there isn't any decent public transit. So, um, speaking for myself... I am going to give up on shopping in places I normally go, and uh, I will likely have to stop seeing professionals that whose offices are in places that are hard to get to. So what about you? Uh, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And, of course, that is some of the main concerns, that these closures, are going to prevent us from recovering from COVID-19. And now I'm joined by Mark Garner, who is the Chief Operating Officer and Executive Director of the Downtown Young BIA, and Toronto City Councillor Stephen Holliday, Ward 2 Etobicoke Centre, and he, of course, is a Deputy Mayor, and James Pasternak, Ward 6 York Centre, who is a member of the City's Executive Committee. Uh, thanks, guys, for joining us. Hello. Hey, good Good afternoon. Okay. Hello, Libby. Okay, let us begin with Stephen Holiday. So, uh, what do you make of all of this? And am I wrong that you know there are tons of closures already? In effect, it's it's virtually impossible to get around the downtown core. Yeah, this is a conversation I have very often with with my constituents. Look, we're out here in the West End, and feeling attached to our city is really important. 
But I keep hearing the message over and over again, you know, Counselor, I, I don't like going there anymore. It's too hard. It's too much effort. There's too much congestion. And uh, people have seen me do some pretty dramatic things at Council and, and fight things where people would say, you know, why, Counselor, why are you opposed to all these bike lanes and all these different initiatives like closing down King Street? And it's for that exact reason. It's about access. And I worry about the downtown over the long term. Uh, the, the pandemic has been particularly harsh. Just take a walk through the path system and you'll find it's virtually empty and it's it's got to be a concern. And so, yes, construction is going to happen. A new subway is really important. But my big criticism on all this is that council sure has been working real hard to make it difficult to get into downtown right up until now with all these initiatives. And this will be just the, the top crown jewel here with the construction that's really going to scare people away. And I worry about that. I think that's a shame for our city. And, uh, you know, I think we can do better. But uh, I think we need to be cognizant of all this construction when we make these decisions on, on more and more bike lanes. I'm looking at the report right in front of me right now to talk about Young Street as one of them. Uh, okay. Uh, let's bring in Councillor Pasternak. And um, just uh, first, uh, just to clarify for me, because, you know, I keep hearing say that closure on Queen from Beta Victoria is happening in the future. But I've run into closures on Queen Street that prevented me from getting further downtown already. So is this just what streetcar, other infrastructure? What's actually going on? Yeah, so there's no doubt that street uh, closures at this level, uh, this draconian is frustrating, it's disturbing, the construction is messy, it's noisy, and as we all agree, it's going to take a long time. But these closures are linked closely to the investment in high-level transit. And Toronto, to many, is about 30 years behind in its transit building. And because of that delay, a lot of density and increased uh, building uh, occurred in the places where you would build high-level transit. So now we have to fit in these narrow corridors to build this transit when everything is built up around it. So after asking for this kind of investment for decades, Toronto is finally getting it. Uh, Now it comes with a price, and the, the price I just listed off. It's frustrating. It's going to be noisy. It's going to be messy. People are going to have to find a new route to and from. They're either shopping or from work. Um, but uh, I've been at council for 11 years now, and we've been asking the province to play, play a bigger role in high-level investment in transit, and they're finally doing it. But it does come with a price. Okay, b- before we go to Mark Garner, uh, again, um, Councillor Holiday. so the construction going now on Queen Street, what is it? Yeah, I was uh, down there recently uh, walking along the street, and uh, I believe it's streetcars. Uh, and again, necessary infrastructure, necessary construction, very hard on the businesses. Uh, but I think that investment will, will pay off uh, in time. You know, and that's the thing. Looking at one of these projects on its own, it's not so bad. You realize you can ride around or it's temporary in nature. But my concern always is looking at all of these things together. And then you layer in the bike lanes, you layer in the things like what Council did on King Street, you layer in now the patios and the different things that are going to be put into the traveled lanes. And I just don't know how the whole city is going to work with all of those pieces happening. And, uh, you know, I just, I just, 
I just wish it was easier for people to get around so that they could feel confident, just like your lead into the discussion today, to continue to visit the downtown, to continue to visit appointments and keep uh, our inner city um, a bright and uh, vital place. Mark Garner, uh, from your perspective, how is this all affecting uh, your members? Well, Libby, I think the questions you raised and listening to the counselors as well, we don't know the impact as of yet. We've we've done, our our BIA had worked with economic development in the city of Toronto in regards to the impact of the uh, Eglinton work that uh, has impacted, obviously, Little Jamaica and the other neighborhoods across there. So we understand what worked, what didn't work, and the impacts on business. This, obviously, I think we all agree, this infrastructure has been needed for many years, tens, twenties of years, and now we're confronted with we have to do it now. So really the question, Libby, is how do we mitigate it? I mean, there's a lot of work, and I hope council and these councillors specifically, Councillor Holiday and obviously Pasternak, that when they're discussing the issue, make sure that, to Libby's point, you know, there's just ongoing work that pops up on Queen Street, on Adelaide, on Richmond any given day that when this hole gets dug for seven years at Young and uh, Queen Street, that we don't have any other construction on Victoria Street. We don't have any other construction on Church. We don't have any other construction on Shooter. We have to be more coordinated to be able to mitigate the issues that are going to impact on the street-level experience. Libby, you're, you're, just my, a, you're my, my target market. I need you to shift your spend, and I need the councillors in the City of Toronto as well when this construction comes on, come and spend 10% of your disposable income in this neighborhood during construction. Okay, well, I'm, I am shifting my spend away from it. Uh, I know, because... it's going the opposite way. We've got to get you here because that's going to be the ultimate, as part of this recovery, to your point, we need to get people off of, you know, using online to get back to, you know, this area as a destination. I will need, we will need all the key festivals over the next seven years to be at Young Dundas Square to generate the economics to endure the construction that's going to be here for what is much needed. The end state of when this construction is done is going to be paramount to the the access to our neighborhood and to the city going forward. You know, uh, you're talking about, you're saying that you don't know the impact, but surely you have an idea of the impact of COVID and current closures on your members. Yeah, absolutely. Our foot traffic counts are way down. You know, our three subway stations handle 33% to 35% of the overall traffic. Queen Street, Dundas, and College on that line. The Queen Street entrance into the Eaton Centre is the number one entrance point into the Eaton Centre. So how are we going to mitigate that? Have we got enough infrastructure? Because, again, James Street is going to be part of that closure, which is the back end of the Toronto Eaton Centre as well. So those access points need to be open. We need to get, you know, obviously incentivize people to come down and shop. We need people to come down and uh, participate in festivals. Uh, Our foot traffic, Libby, is well down 50%. We're still not seeing, you know, pre-pandemic numbers. We're tracking what we see on key weekends, such as Black Friday. Uh, we're, We're nowhere near where we need to be. Uh, as part of the economic stability and the reopening of our neighborhood, for sure. James Pasternak, you're on the executive committee. Um, What was the thinking on some of the things we've just heard about, you know, mitigating, 
what is going to be truly awful by not having these, you know, construction pop up. And and I've got to tell you that, you know, I, I would consider myself somebody who's kind of on top of things. But, you know, I'll plan a route based on what I saw yesterday. And, you know, kaboom, there's there's something new that that's just an yeah. obstacle i mean what is what is the what what's the reaction to the things that that stephen holiday and mark garner are saying well no they're they're absolutely right i mean one thing i pointed out to the mayor and to my colleagues on executive committee is that i was involved with two metrolinks uh requests for for full closure at finch and keel and bathurst and eglinton and both of those requests were denied. And the world didn't come to an end. The construction didn't stop. The construction didn't work. come to an end either. <laughs> no, no, but, but we didn't close. We didn't close those uh, intersections as requested. So the Finch West LRT has continued on. Uh, the traffic flow has continued on uh, in Keelung Finch. And, of course, at Bathurst and Eglinton, uh, that was never fully closed either. So we don't have to say yes to everything. I had asked staff to make sure they drilled down and 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 look for full justification for any major uh, major closing. But you know, we we always backstop business when it comes to disruption. And can, uh, Toronto did everything it could to help businesses through the pandemic. I realize it was um, it was devastating. It was it was difficult. Uh, it's harmful, and it takes a long time to recover. But we have a small business office through economic development. We do everything we can to help our local businesses. And we work closely with our BIAs uh, to help them get through these difficult times. So a so couple of things uh, to summarize. One is not every request has to be granted for closure. And secondly, the Toronto is, is there to help businesses uh, recover and survive this and flourish through this. Um, okay, um, Mark Garner, uh, we're going to have to let you go in a moment. So what would you like to leave us with on this? Well, I think to Councillor Pasternak's point there, I, I, I tend to agree that there's other neighbourhoods that have gone through construction, but you've got to remember this neighbourhood is different. We have 238,000 people that cross the intersection at Young and Dundas daily. 42 million people walk north and south on Young Street. 50 million people enter the Eaton Centre on an annual basis. It's a different order of magnitude, and with, it's all about the coordination through the city departments to make sure. As an example, we've had a project outstanding on Victoria Street to improve the rail lines and the public realm. Those projects need to be done. I don't need Enbridge then showing up to do curb cuts and other things that are going to take down other access points while this construction is done. No kidding. So coordination is key. Okay. Okay, Mark. Thanks for that. Uh, we continue with Stephen Holiday and James Pasternak and Councillor Holiday. One of the issues brought up by uh, your colleague Kristen Wongtam, you know, she, she doesn't trust MetroLinks to abide by whatever rules are eventually passed to begin with. Well, it is true that MetroLinx, uh, through the province and through the, the, the building um, transit legislation, has a lot of powers. Um, they, they're, 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 they're there to get the project delivered. But I think at this juncture, uh, everyone is cooperating and getting along. 
and there's a permitting process, and that's part of the reason why the report has gone through the executive committee is to lay out where these closures are, what the plans are, and, you know, get council's permission on this stuff. So far, so good. Um, but, uh, but we will see over time what happens. But, uh, but I, I think there are good people working on this, and everybody has the best of intentions. Because I think even Metrolinks, knowing that in delivering the project, there still has to be a vital downtown. There still has to be people getting around the city. But they're not. Uh, let's bring in Jonathan English, who's the Director of Policy at the Toronto Region Board of Trade. Hi, Jonathan. Jonathan, are you there? Uh, yes, I'm here. Hi. Okay, so what is what is your reaction to this proposal for seven years of road closures? How do you think it'll impact business? Oh, we lost him. Okay. <laughs> I hope we get him back. Um, so, but again, back to this whole issue of of these other closures that just pop up. I mean, uh, who authorizes them? I, I would imagine they don't all go through the executive committee. James Pasternak, and how do you put a stop to yeah. it? So one of one of the things that's in this report, and and, and I must admit it, I, I do find it a little disconcerting. It's, what council is being asked to do is authorize uh, the city manager uh, and uh, the city solicitor, deputy city manager, and a wide range of senior staff to make the decisions. We're, we're granting them the authority to, to review um, Metrolink's requests and make the decision going forward on whether to grant various closures and, and, and other other real estate uh, issues. So, I mean, that, that concerns me a little bit, that we're granting an enormous amount of powers. To, and is that um, a done deal? Or does council have to decide? No, it'll, it'll be at council next week. And okay. this can be adopted, this can be defeated, or this can be amended. Hmm. So, so that's, that's the one disconcerting part I see in this. And while we trust our city staff, uh, you know, to to, to give this power away, I think, uh, is, is a problem. I think we need small uh, working groups that would review the requests and provide their feedback and, uh, and input, input and advice. Um, and and uh, Councillor Holliday is right. The, the ability to have uh, traffic flow and traffic management in, in this city is, is growing increasingly difficult. Um, the shrinking of roadways um the the various uh infrastructure needs uh, as 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 well as some of the cycling infrastructure it's very disconcerting that the ability to get around the city by car is is um is becoming more and more difficult uh try close challenges. close to impossible we have jonathan english back from the board of trade hi jonathan are you there hi there great to hear from you <laughs> uh so wh- what what's your take how how is this going to impact the business community well, you know, on the ground, of course, there's no question that, uh, you know, these kinds of disruptions are really tough for businesses uh, in the local area. And, um, and and obviously, they've been hard hit by the by the pandemic already. But I think we have to put into perspective that this is this is a really important city priority. Um, you know, the city has identified this as a, as a top priority for several years. Um, we, we, you know, we need the additional capacity into downtown to help you know, to help workers get downtown as we recover. Um, you know, we need redundancy in the transit system. You know, we've talked about construction and disruption as our subways get older. 
you know, we need alternative routes when, you know, if the, if the Young Line isn't operating. You know, we need better transit service to the, you know, to the eastern and western ends of downtown and, uh, and up but to places like Thorncliffe Park. So, Jonathan, so I uh, think sorry. Yes, uh, we hear all that. But what about the lack of coordination and the fact that in addition to all of this, we've got all closures. If you're a driver, you know, there are all these closures that just pop up and make it impossible to get where you were thinking you were going to go. No, there's no question that we need to have have much better public information well in, well in advance. You know, people need to know exactly what roads are going to be closed and, and, and with a reasonable idea of how long. And you know, I think I heard in the conversation before, absolutely, we need to time work as best as we can to, to happen simultaneously. If we're digging up a street, let's get that, you know, old gas line replaced at the same time so we're not digging it up again a year later. Um, so absolutely, there are ways to um, uh, mitigate that, uh, the length of disruption and the, the size of the disruption. So that's uh, so that is necessary. Okay. Uh, but yeah, let's hear from Daryl in Toronto. Hi, Daryl. Hello, everyone. There. I just wanted to throw into the mix of this conversation. I found a card a little while ago going through some papers. I think the card was from Mike Cole about 10 years ago talking about the Eglinton LRT. And I'm pretty sure it said on there that it would be up and running by 2016. (laughs) I don't know if I'd get too hung up on this seven-year number. Once you put it into metric, it, it could be anything. Um, and I'm just, uh, I thought you, your people might be able to do a little research and figure out the last few projects, uh, like the one going up to Vaughn and that, and how they're never in the time frame that uh, they say. It goes years and years over. Uh, yeah. Uh, Daryl, thanks for that. Uh, uh, a note of levity, I may say. Uh, so, again, uh, Stephen Holiday. You know, the mayor has talked about coordinating these things. Uh, I think we've got working groups and tax task forces just for the regular kinds of construction. But, you know, we, we seem to be stuck with with this, you know, notwithstanding. You know, what, what would it take to actually get coordination? Yeah, a, couple, a couple of thoughts on that. So, indeed, there are people that work on this as their full-time job of coordinating the big chess pieces, the major pieces. But what happens inevitably is a pipe breaks underground, uh, some hydro wire needs to be fixed, or there's some small level utility connection that needs to occur and they come up every day. You can't plan for them. But the key on those is to make sure through enforcement that those, that those companies that are doing the work only spend the time that they need to spend on the road, that they get their job done, they get out of there, that the, that the utility locates before they can even put a shovel in the ground are done as quick as possible so that, yes, if there's a secondary disru- disruption, it's as short as possible if it's one day or another day. The other piece, of course, is enforcement with respect to illegally parked cars. All it takes is, uh, you know, someone that's too important than anyone else to decide to throw their hazards on and run in and grab a coffee, and you've got a bottleneck when you've got a street that's already down to, you know, a lane or two uh, of travel flow. So there's so many pieces to this puzzle, and there's so many opportunities where something can go off the rails, and we just need to have the eyes on this and have Jonathan English, what about compensation? What uh, should some of the businesses that are really going to be hard hit, should, what should they get? 
Well, I think, you know, I think the precise details on that are something that, that uh, it, you know, is going to have to be, be worked out, uh, you know, through a fairly sophisticated process. But I think there's no question the city uh, and, and, you know, and the province and everyone concerned have to do um, what is needed to, to support our downtown businesses. They have been hit so hard through the pandemic. Um, and, and, you know, they are, they are barely, uh, you know, clinging on uh, in the hopes that we'll, we'll get a really strong recovery. So, um, you know, we need we need to work out in advance a program to 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 make sure, you know, that all of the disruption, whether it's transit construction uh, or or any of the other issues that they're facing, um, you know, that that our downtown business sector does survive and thrive. uh, James Pasternak, have there been any economic impact studies on on how many businesses we would lose? I mean, I live near St. Clair, and uh, over the, I think it was seven years to get the right-of-way built, uh, I think 60-some-odd businesses went under. It's now thriving again, but, uh, you know, and what's going on in, on Eglinton uh, is, you know, pretty well uh, similar. Yeah, so I don't know of any predictive models uh, that are currently available to see how many businesses uh, would not uh, survive this. Um, certainly, businesses come and go, uh, but uh, this you have to what you have to track over the average uh, number of business closures to see the real impact. So it's something we really have to keep uh, keep a close eye on. We should be working with the province on some kind of a compensation deal for businesses. Uh, that are suffering but can still uh, still survive, uh, and and that should be part of the cost of, of, of the investment. If we're investing 29 billion in, tra- in transit, we should be taking uh, you know a certain percentage of that and helping businesses survive. Uh, one thing I should add um, is what we don't want to see are unnecessary lane closures. A lot of times people are driving around, they see all these orange pylons up blocking the lane. Yeah. There's no digging. There's no workers. There's no machinery, and sometimes they they set them up on a Thursday or Friday because they're going to be digging on a Monday. Well, that's totally illegal, and we need we need better surveillance of these construction companies to make sure they're not closing lanes unnecessarily uh, where no work is going on. Okay, we are uh, almost out of uh, time here, Jonathan English. Thirty seconds. What would you like to leave us with? Well, I think you know this is this is absolutely going to be a sacrifice, but I think we have to think about the you know people generations ago on Young Street. You know when the subway opened in 1954, we've been benefiting from that for for many decades after, and um, we have to make sure that the businesses survive and thrive. But um, we also have to recognize that this is an essential project that will make downtown stronger for generations. And Stephen Holiday, a last word to you. You bet. Uh, you know, one thing in the report there, it talks about University Avenue being down to, to two lanes in each direction, one being a bike lane and one being for cars. And uh, sometimes council is the, the maker of its own trouble. We've got that very report before us at the same time as this congestion report and deciding upon keeping bike lanes on university. I think as council, we really need to think through the sequence of these big decisions uh, and be considerate of the importance of the vitality of our downtown core. Okay, I think uh, that's an important note to end on. Thank you so much, uh, Jonathan English, James Pasternak, and Stephen Holliday. Uh, I'm sure we'll be talking about this again. Thanks a lot.
No, you're very welcome. Take care. All the Thank best. You. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. Well, we are going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about, you know, something else that was mentioned in the Bible that is still with us. Leprosy. When we return. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.